Welcome to the Future Food Citizenship Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm Sinead. Join us in conversations with the changemakers shaping a new, fairer food system. In today's episode, we're talking to Dave Beecher, an expert on soil health, and he will explain to us why we need healthy soils and what we can do to secure productive soils for the future. Hi, Dave. Welcome to our show. Well, thanks for inviting me along, first of all, Anya, <laughs> and congratulations on future. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I guess a bit of background on myself. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm just outside Yall in East Cork, and in 2003 I qualified as a structural engineer. And this allowed me to work and travel. And um, in 2013, I ended up going to Tacloban in the Philippines to do disaster relief work after Typhoon Yolanda had uh, decimated um, Tacloban City. Typhoon Yolanda was like one of the strongest typhoons ever to make landfall, generating winds of up to 195 miles per hour. Um, but it wasn't the, the winds that did most of the damage. It was actually storm surge. Um, Tacloban was created a natural funnel. So when the typhoon came in, There was like a, a wall of water came up like 17 feet high and um, just top of two story over top of two story buildings and that's what did all the damage to the Tacloban city. Um, so I spent about nine months there doing uh, disaster relief and while I was there I'd actually signed up to do uh, an online age of sustainable development course through uh, Jeffrey Sachs and um, this really talked about how agriculture is impacting on planetary boundaries and it shows that actually we're exceeding to these boundaries. We've lost 75% of our plant biodiversity and we're emitting over 2.4 times the allowable nitrogen into our environment and along with um, generating 30% of our greenhouse gases and using up 70% of our fresh water. So I was pretty shocked with this to be honest. After growing up in a farm, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't think you're, what's, what you're doing is something that's actually such a negative impact. But the course also talked about how If we changed how we we did our agricultural practices, we could have more of a regenerative approach. So I started looking in more into that. So I started looking into, say, agriculture, agroforestry, no-till, um, min-till, um, permaculture and everything. And then I came across uh, Region Ag in the UK, and they do a lot of uh, regenerative agricultural practices. And I ended up doing a course with them on um, back in March 2016 on uh, on soil mic mic microbiology and composting. And um, for me, that was kind of a light bulb moment. I was started really started seeing that soil and soil health is the key. And so I started getting into that and um, really started deepening deepening my understanding of soil health and kind of pretty much geeking out on everything soil. So um, so yeah, that's where I've been. So really, when you think of regenerative agriculture, that's it's about basis, foundation is soil. Start from there and kind of work your way up. Exactly, yeah. That's what I've been looking at, trying to get an understanding of how it all works and looking at, essentially looking at the soil food web and getting a deeper understanding of how that all interacts and how that is essentially a healthy healthy soil equals a healthy plant equals a healthy animal and then ourselves as well and, and then a healthy plant, our planet. So then, um, yeah, so for me, when you look at the soil food web, you typically, you, you have, it's broken into different sections and you've got these different um, trophic levels, which are feeding levels. And you start off with where you have, you, you got the sun, we're photosynthesizing and it's essentially making food for the plant, but also it shares this food with bacteria and fungi. And because the reason why it shares the food is because the bacteria and fungi are really good at getting um, nutrients and these food that the plant needs so um, in exchange for that then they're um, coming in around the roots and protecting the plant as well 
and um, so essentially it's like a big party. The plant is the host and is sending food down to the bacteria and the fungi. The bacteria and fungi are coming in, and they have all these they ha- they have enzymes and acids that break down different the organic material and the minerals in the soil, and they lock these nutrient these nutrients are locked up in our body. So in order for the nutrients to become available to the plant, we need the next level, which are the protozoa and nematodes. And then they, they eat the bacteria and fungi and then excrete out the excess and make that available to the plant. And kind of to simply understand how that works, we just need to look at their, our carbon to nitrogen um, ratios. So we all have a carbon to nitrogen ratio. Ourselves, we're, we've got carbon 31, 30 to 1 carbon to nitrogen. When you look at deciduous trees, they've got a 300 to 1 carbon to nitrogen. So they have obviously a lot more carbon in them. Whereas in the terms of bacteria and protozoa, bacteria are have a carbon to ratio of 5 carbon to 1 nitrogen and the protozoa are 30 carbon to 1 nitrogen so for the, bac- the protozoa to be happy it needs to eat 6 bacteria and when it eats 6 bacteria it gets its 30 carbon and now it's also got 6 nitrogen it only needs 1 nitrogen so then you have 5 nitrogen available to the plant so that's for, and then essentially for this whole process to happen it, from the plant sending food down to the bacteria and the protozoa eating the, um, the bacteria and excreting the excess it, they estimate it takes 3 seconds so it's, wow. it's yeah it's amazing and um, plants plants are like ourselves you know they like something different for, for breakfast something different for lunch something different for dinner so it sends down different food different root exits to feed the bacteria and fungi so if they want some car- some zinc or some copper or some iron, they'll send it down to different to send down different foods to attract different bacteria in that have this locked up in their body. So they essentially the plant is in control of its own food supply. Okay, it's quite interesting because for a long time, you know, when we think about you know even growing our own and stuff like that, we take the plant, we put it in soil, and that's it. We forget about it. We forget that you know we don't think that deeply beyond it. And soil is the classic line dirt but yeah. it is a life system of its own it really is the foundation of everything and the plant is is kind of really working in with with bacteria i suppose it's like our own human bacteria and kind of your your microbes and how that kind of plays on your health and it's the same with the plant and yeah, it's a, a symbiotic relationship, you know. It's it's nothing in the whole food web. Nothing, nothing can survive in isolation. It's a community, actually. It's all they're all working together. Everything is giving and sharing, and giving and sharing. And if you if you look at it in isolation, it collapses like mm. any society. So everything needs to work together, and um, so and that's essentially from the sharing of nutrients back and forth and food and building this community. This, all these nutrients then get into our our our, um, our plant, and to kind of understand how our plant becomes more say nutrient dense, we have to look at kind of photosynthesis, and you can break photosynthesis down into two stages. You got first of all when the first stage where you take carbon uh, CO two out of the atmosphere and water, and you use some minerals and enzymes to generate this sugar food glucose for, and it also um, evaporates oxygen into the atmosphere. And then, so this glucose is the food for the plant, but it's also the food that it sends down to the bacteria and fungi. And that's, say, stage one. But then when the, we got the, the bacteria and fungi being fed, they have all the other extra, extra nutrients that the plant needs to make more nutrient-dense food. So then it takes these nutrients that the bacteria and fungi have that are protozoa are making available, that are being mineralized, and then they're coming up in 
and they're sticking these onto the glucose and they're making more complex structures. So you're creating your, your um, proteins, your fats, your essential oils, your hormones, your protective compounds. So it's, it's like the plant is getting healthier and healthier. The more nutrients it's getting, the more nutrient dense it's getting. It's making this really complex structure. And then these, they have, because they have these protective compounds, they're able to generate it. They're more or less, less prone to disease and insect attack. And the nice thing is when we eat this food, we, they, it, it, these, these protective compounds act as antioxidants in our own body. And um, so it's, it's very essential to understand how essentially where the nutrients come from, they come from the soil. And then it comes from them into the plant, and then our plant becomes more and more nutrient dense. The healthier, healthier soil is, the more nutrient denser food is. I think that's quite an interesting point that statistically now we are eating more fruit and vegetables. People are really listening to the five a day and seven a day and eating more fruits and vegetables, but yet micronutrient deficiency is growing and growing and growing, and particularly in well developed countries. And that's obviously because. In a lot of ways, I suppose, in modern agriculture, we've forgotten about soil. So we're planting and we're, you know, I think everyone has heard of nitrogen. And we think of nitrogen when we want to make a plant grow, we focus on nitrogen. And we're focused in on that one thing. And we've forgotten that, as you said, it's this complex community of sharing lots of different things to create a nutrient-dense plant, I suppose. Yeah, and it was funny. I remember I was talking to a friend trying to explain what I was up to. He was like, he was trying to get his head around it, and I was still wasn't quite sure either. And um, he was he's big into uh, his tri- triathlons, and um, he was telling me how they they actually got a nutritionist in to help them with their training and their diet, and so they were going through all this healthy food. You need to take this, this, and this, and then the nutritionist started telling them, okay, you need this supplement, this supplement, this supplement, this, and he was like, put his hand up and says, hang on a second, like I'm eating all this really good food. Why do we need all these supplements? And she just plainly said, like, it's the food is no longer nutrient dense; doesn't have what it used to have in it. And he was kind of, he was kind of when I was explaining what he says, oh, I can understand what you're doing now, you know. And it's essentially I'm kind of at the start of trying to get those nutrients back into the food, and that's kind of where it is. Like that's why it's like we could talk about the soil being the foundation for everything, and that's where it starts. Like if we get we get a healthy soil, it just has a knock-on effect. So essentially, we look after soil; everything else will fall into place. So yeah, well, actually, that's really interesting now to to see that relationship between the soil and our nutrition, and that makes me think how healthy are actually our Irish soils here. I guess on a whole, in, in terms of in comparison to other countries, we're pretty good. But um, I guess what we've we've seen a lot more of is um, farms are getting smaller, or sorry, farm numbers are getting smaller and farms are getting bigger. And because of this, now we're getting bigger and bigger fields. And what's leading, what's end up happening is we, our our fields are becoming more and more degraded and more and more compacted. So we're getting um, less water infiltration, and because we're getting less water infiltration, we're we're seeing a lot more flooding around and uh, the countryside, and this this also means then our fertility is starting to wash away, and um, it's a lot of our fertility is actually um, ending up in the ditches and washing out of these fields. So you're getting um, a lot more rivets and runoff and and soil ending up in the ditch essentially. And the degradation of the soil. So, what what is the cause of it? The soils can no longer. Um, I guess when you look at it, they can, they can no longer hold the same water capacity because the our, the carbon is being decreased de- um, decreased in the soil. And we're looking at a lot of the reason for this is the application of um, fertilizers. Um, they. 
they they essentially when you do put out fertilizers you lose a lot of um, a lot of nutrients run off into the water and with that is taking the fertility with it so typically when you apply your nitrogen you can lose up to 50 to 60 percent or your phosphorus you can lose up to 80 to 90 percent depending on soil quality and also if you provide your potassium you can lose up to 60 percent and these these um, excess soluble nutrients are ending up in our rivers and waterways and our, our drinking water and that's kind of led us to a situation where the EPA had a report there last year about how 30 years ago we had 575 pristine waterways and now we have 21 which is a huge huge reduction and um, the contributed agriculture has been the number one contributor to this um, decline in our in our uh, in our waterways that's very concerning actually when you when we think about it the effect of agriculture on our own health and the health of the ecosystem as well and so why do we use so much nitrogen in the in the fields in agriculture and what effect does it has on let's say animals farm animals well essentially like it's one of the key t- tools for um for for plant you know to for for um plant health and um because we've we've actually we've deteriorated our soils and this, and the soil biology is no longer functioning as strong as it was we need we need to supplement that and because we're losing fertility we actually have to keep putting on a synthetic fertilizer and when we do put on this um say a high nitrates what ends up happening is it's it's like which talked about how it destroys our waterways but for our say soil community it's like flooding our community with drugs and um, the plant gets a high so it's um it's happy getting all this free food but it's it no longer sends food down to the bacterium fungi so the bacterium fungi are saying oh this party is no longer fun anymore so they start leaving and because your friends are leaving your protection is is, is deteriorating so you're more prone to uh, pests and disease and because you're more prone to pests and disease you, you we're going to have to come along then and we're going to have to put in our more fungicides which have another effect on our our, our soil health and it just, everything starts getting into this knock-on effects deteriorating over time and then when we look at um, the high nitrates you asked about animals when we look at high nitrates in our grasses um, for take example for a cow when it eats a high nitrate grass it has real trouble digesting it. So when it goes into its its, its uh, stomach, the, it has these uh, methane uh, bugs that are really good at breaking down the high nitrates. So the ca- cows then have these methane bugs building up and building up, and they're actually causing them to burp and gassy and everything else. And we're blaming the cows for this uh, methane gas, but it's because of the diet we're feeding them. They're getting they're getting more unhealthy. And because of this, their immune system is under pressure. And so they're having to take out nutrients from other parts of their body that would be put into growth and looking to get rid of this toxin out of their body. So then they have a um, suppressed immune system. And because they have a suppressed immune system, they end up getting mastitis or lameness. And then because of that, we end up having to give them more antibiotics. And then their milk becomes contaminated, so we can't actually give that out to the general public. So they don't get feeding feed to, the, say, the replacement heifers. And now they're finding that these replacement heifers, when they're being calf uh, for the first time, they're milking for the first time, they actually have mastitis. So it's kind of knocked into this long, vicious circle. And then because their immune system is so depressed, their fertility levels are dropping. Because when you're sick, the last thing you want to do is be reproducing. So now the, the, so the cows are having tr- more trouble to reproduce. And then because of this, their health. So overall, they have a juice, juice life expectancy as well. So we're seeing... Cows now to getting into like um, two, two and a half, three, four years lactation and then they're gone 
whereas typically when cows come into really good lactation is like a year six seven and um, whereas there a lot of them they're actually they're gone to the slaughterhouse before that yeah i think it's quite shocking and interesting that you know we talk about diversity and biodiversity and but that also includes diet and that's human diet as well as an animal's diet you know right now we're focusing on kind of fast growing grass and it's about production and fast production but we've forgotten about a rich diet for that animal and Mm. it'd be the same as if we were only to eat one thing we begin to lack in nutrients and then that can impact our health and it's obviously the same for animals yeah and when you when you think about um reduced immune system uh, reduced fertility and reduced life expectancy especially when you in context what's happening to the cow there's lots of similarities to what's happening to us as as uh, in society these days and you look on on tv or ads like there's all these ads now for i think the um, vhi have ads out at the moment for saying one in six will have issues with fertility and come to our clinics and so what's happening to the cow is happening to us you know we're eating these high nitrate foods as well and it's having that same detrimental effect to our own health system as well lots of problems (laughs) (laughs) Dave there's also like a big discussion about herbicide especially glyphosate can you tell us a bit more about the effects of of that chemical on nature and maybe ourselves as well yeah so um, I guess when you understand that with this excess nitrogen that we're putting on a soluble nitrogen um, weeds really like um, soluble nitrogen so when you get when you have a lot of excess nitrogen you get a lot of excess weeds so we're kind of creating a problem with the weeds and our solution then is we, we put on a herbicide and a herbicides typically are actually doing the complete opposite of what the soil food web would be doing and making nutrients available to the plant whereas the herbicide actually locks them up and they're no longer so the, nut- the plant can't get these nutrients and um, if you actually look at uh, glyphosate and say our roundup you look at their patent and they talk about these uh, a protozoan parasites and they essentially talk about how these these um, the, the, these um, parasites, they grow to these parasites can be inhibited by herbicide glyphosate, suggesting that the shikima pathway will make a good target for development of new anti-parasite agents. So this is actually from the patent, that a uh, US patent for uh, glyphosate. And we just talked about protozoan earlier on how they are actually making nutrients available and making eating the bacteria and making those nutrients mineralize, mineralizing the nutrients and making them available to the plant, whereas Roundup attacks um, these protozoans. And um, it talks about here on the shikima pathway, and essentially the shikima pathway is a seven-stage me- metabolic process that um, algae, bacteria, fungi, and protozoans use to make amino acids. And the amino acids then are... are going into our plants and it's going into our into our own food and when we digest amino acids or sorry when we digest proteins our own our own um, gut biome breaks it down back into peptides and back into amino acids which we use then as building blocks for our own own health so it's really interconnected and like they talk about how roundup doesn't affect human cells when you think about it for every one human cell we have we're made up of 10 times more um, biological cells we're 10 to 1 and um, so yes it doesn't affect us directly but very much indirectly it is affecting our own our own health through bacteria i think that's quite interesting i always just remember that is that we actually are more bacteria than we are human cells and 
yeah, if it's impacting the bacteria, then it is impacting us, as you said, perhaps not directly, but indirectly. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so we've talked about many of the problems when it comes to Irish agriculture and the impact it's having on soil and the impact then that has had on our food and, and us and animal health and our health. Kind of, I suppose for some people, they'll hear this and they'll think, okay, we need to stop farmers using nitrogen. We need to stop glyphosate. We need to stop everything now, tomorrow morning, and it will be perfect the day after. But I think this is why we wanted to talk to you, Dave, because you're trying to show farmers the alternative and show them that it's not a matter of just stop and start using something else it's kind of following a process back i suppose you're 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 building a profile of people who are doing things differently and yeah it's, it's like uh, like our soils have deteriorated slowly over time and it'll take time to build them back up so it's kind of we want to be looking at a biological transition program you know so that you can because the problem a lot of times is that um, farmers are struggling as it is and a lot of them are just treading water and um, just surviving and it's very hard to do, change what you're doing and what you've not learned known to be doing for so long and the hardest thing to change is actually your mindset first and changing the mindset is the key and once you kind of change that then you can maybe have a look at your land differently and start working with nature and trying to figure out and like the, 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 this approach it's um, there's no magic bullet it's like it's a holistic approach you're looking at a lot of different things and looking at how your animals are impacting the land how you're impacting the land and like essentially when you're looking at soil biology I keep it kind of simple soil biology is very like ourselves they need air water food and shelter so if you're you need to be asking yourselves every time you're um, you're doing something am I providing with air am I providing with food am I providing with water am I providing with shelter and if you're impacting on that then you need to look at okay how can I lessen that impact and try and figure out then uh, you know say take for um, we look at uh, nitrogen there we're losing so much of it well, what, well if you were able to put it out with a, a carbon source because nitrogen has a as a triple negative charge so it's it's actually when it goes into your soil it it, it typically will leach through but if, it, if it's bind to carbon it means it will stay a little more stable and actually it makes it easier for, to be digested by your um, your biology in your soil and you would I would be talking about but now out with like a humic acid or fulvic acid, and that would make make you would actually be having to use less uh, nitrogen. You get a better um, value on your nitrogen, plus also you'd have a less uh, less impact on your soil biology because nitrates are high, highly uh, so, um, salt, and so they they would impact on your soil biology. So it's doing something simple like that, making it so your food source is not as toxic to the biology and so you're kind of easing yourself off the chemicals while you're trying to build up your um, your, your biology and your res- resilience and we could kind of do something similar with our roundup in terms of roundup works best at a lower ph so if in around four or five so if we were to use some say citric acid to reduce the ph and then you have to put it out with some fulvic acid that actually helps it to get into into the plant and transports it further in and locks it up into the plant. It has a better effect. So we could u- reduce our Roundup um, usage by 50%. And so like these little things that help. So now we're we're reducing our chemical inputs, but also we're, we're giving it a food source that is it's healthy for the biology as well. And they can kind of build our resilience back up. And we're, now we're getting less and less um, disease. And so we're having to use less. But we also need to like... Um, creating natural habitats like if you've got lots of slugs 
it's not it's not because it, the problem is you don't your lack of predators so we need to create like strips uh, biodiversity strips like a lot of the moment are all about around the hedges and stuff but they're showing now that these strips in along in the middle of the fields like when you got if you've got a hundred meter f- field or more that's a long walk for a beetle to go always into the middle so if you put strips <laughs> in you know they're pretty small yeah. so so it's these little things you know that like and pollinators and getting you know basically creating diversity and and creating natural um um habitat for the for the natural predators they'll take care of it and they'll help to build up uh, their immunity on, on your farm as well so it's yeah it's it's a that's what i'm interested in understanding and trying to see what works over the next few years and really kind of dive down into it and working with farmers who who are trying to think outside the box and being proactive and they they can see the writing is on the wall and such they've been putting on more and more and they're like okay i'm not getting the same results and it's you know it's uh, right and they know that in, in the future we're going to be catching up to say the likes of Australia and America where they've had a lot harsher climate and their soils have deteriorated a lot quicker so a lot of this research is coming from biological transitioning programs are coming from those kind of countries but it's kind of taking those concepts and, and understanding the principles and applying it into an Irish context so we're kind of tr- going to try and create a kind of a pathway for other farmers to follow and look at um, what works what doesn't work and you know and that's kind of what we're and essentially trying to reconnect with our land and um and like farmers who have been talking to her who are getting engaged they're getting excited again about farming you know what i mean it's not just sitting in a tractor putting out bags of stuff they're now looking and watching observing and going walking with farmers and they're like digging holes and we're counting worms and they're like getting all excited about oh look at that and this you know and, and they're excited about worms in their in their land so that's you know that's the exciting thing about now farming now has become fun you yeah. know and, and and they're reconnected and they're excited about it and they're observing and seeing what's going on and you know that's that's the nice thing about having this approach it's it's a uh, it's it, it involves a lot bigger um bigger mindset and a bigger uh, a wider approach but it's it's a lot more rewarding as well, I think. I think it's classic. It's the classic definition of sustainability. It looks at three pillars, what you're doing. You know, it's the same way that with soil, as you said, we've over-focused on the chemical side of soils and nitrogen and things like that. And even when we talk of sustainability, we've kind of focused in on this need to feed over nourish and all these other things, whereas what you were doing with farmers kind of reconnecting them back to soil and all the other processes biological and everything else is really actually a step towards sustainability because it also is looking at the fact that as you said farmers are reconnecting with how they farm Mm. so they're reconnecting on the environmental front but also by reducing and finding different ways to work their land they financially they will do better as well yeah and that's what a lot of us we're looking at is to see if we can kind of reduce reduce inputs while maintaining outputs or reduce it like if your outputs do come down like how much you've reduced your inputs is actually offsetting that and so it's it's taking that approach that you you you're going to be seeing more and more benefits so each year your your soils get healthier and healthier and healthier so you need less and less and less whereas at the moment like the current approach is we have to put on more and more every year and it's um it's not uh, financially rewarding for a farmer. No. Whereas the other approach, more like taking more of a logical approach, is actually each year you can actually you get it, you should be gaining more and more. And it's it's like it's not easy. It's going to take a lot of work and figuring it out. But it is a balanced approach. Like it's not just biological. It's also a balance between chemical and physical. 
and so we need to look at where exactly your land is and what position it is and seeing whether it's like it's at like on a two different scales if it's like really hard and compacted and you need to use whatever equipment and whatever tools to make it get into nice nice fluffy tilly soil and it's just it's it's using whatever resources we have so be strategic with our chemical use getting our balance especially our calcium to magnesium ratios getting them right and looking at what what getting a right balance so using our chemistry using our biology and using like our physical um, uh, equipment and, and whether it's with, with a plow or whether it's vegetative we can do that so really what we need to remember from this is like healthy soil means healthy people so if i eat something that is grown on a healthy soil i get all the nutrients that that i need basically and what can i do as a as a consumer to to support those farmers really well i guess through future you can you have a a map now where you have a, you can see where these farmers are actually putting these practices in in place but also um looking at some tech, simple technology that you can put into your phone like a, a nano spectrometer which essentially sends out a, 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 a beam of light and it measures the nutrient density of your food so which which can will be a game changer essentially it'll get rid of the need for conventional or organic and you'll be buying your food based on nutrition so you can go into the supermarket and you can scan your tomato and and see which is, has that higher nutri nutrient density And that really will um, be a game changer because you have to remember um, if your food is, has high nitrates, high for synthetic fertilizer, it won't have high nu nutri nutrition because your nutrition comes from the soil. So that, so using this simple technology, it'll be a game changer. And that's what we, we need to get is the, the consumers really can have a huge impact because farmers, if they're going to go down this path, you know, It's like they're not going to get any reward for generating nutrient dense food, but if there's a demand for nutrient dense food and people realize that this having nutrient dense food means that they're going to be healthier. When we look at um, the World Health Organization have a report called Diet, Nutrition and the Prevention of Chronic Disease, and it talks about how behind every uh, every chronic disease is a lack of nutrition, and so when we look at if we are eating nutrient dense foods. You know, we have better nutrition. So this is like nutrition is one of the key um, elements to preventing chronic disease, along with stress, environment, and lots of other things. But nutrition, we can have a, a real, real um, positive impact on our on our own health. So we and supporting farmers who are creating nutrient dense food and using simple technology will make it possible um, for for consumers to get nutrient dense food. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, for farmers to to take on as you said it's obviously enjoyable it's reconnecting to the land in a different way from before but really we actually are asking them as well to take on um a more proactive approach to their farming and we do have to reward them for that we have to as food buyers we have to search out these farmers who are doing things in tune with soil that looks after it and in the end provides us with better food Yeah, and that comes down to, I guess, uh, reviewing our, um, our policies and EU policies and, and the cap and rewarding farmers that are doing this, having a regenerative approach on the land rather than opposed to just rewarding farmers for having land, you know, which, you know, it, there's no there's no incentive. And, we you know, there was, I guess, when we were talking, there was a push to have um, 
what's it called the soil soil um the EU for look, looking for a soil to have rights the same rights as water and air yes, yeah. and the soil uh, program basically soil for life, soil for life. Yes. yeah to safeguard the soil and giving it rights so if we abuse soil you can get fined like, like if you have air pollution or water pollution you get fined and you know so soil we have to remember it's like without it we won't survive you know we can't live on this planet without soil yeah. and we're showing they also have come up with the saying now that we've only got like 60 harvests left mm. you know because if we continue with the current econ- um, uh, conventional model of farming we're going to continue losing and losing more soil each year so we really should be rewarding farmers for taking these approach and having more of a generative approach because it has it's so it's so, so much beneficial to environment to our own health and everything else like that so and that's kind of farmers should be rewarded for that yeah i agree Find the farmers who nourish us instead of just feeding us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well put. If you'd like to hear more about Dave and follow his work, you can find him on Twitter. Check out the hashtag Dave Beecher, the soil preacher. Uh, he also runs workshops throughout the year, and we will add some links and some more information to the post. That's it for now, folks. Thanks a million for listening. To those of you who produce food, why not join the fair food movement? Get involved, get in touch, join us. And if you're into fair food, then become a supporting member or check out our Patreon page to help us create more content like this. Until next time, eat well, choose fair.